Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Grab Coffee. Wow, I can't believe we're already at Halloween. Um, this is gonna come out the day before Halloween. And so thanks for your patience while I got this episode out to y'all so late. This month was really crazy. Uh, we were traveling at the beginning of the month and then five days later, I started a brand new full-time job. Then three days after that, I started a brand new part-time job. And then while I was also working my previous part-time job from over the summer, so was working three jobs and then um, a lot of happy things happened this month. My brother and his wife, Leah, had their twins. And so if you wanna hear more about their story, you can go back and listen to episode two with Leah and uh, hear a little bit more about that. But it's been a very exciting and crazy, crazy month. I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys. I got to chat with my really good friend, Lindsay, and she was super generous with her story. We talk about a lot of things. Um, something we do talk about though, we do talk about eating disorders. So if that's something that you don't feel like you can listen to, that is totally fine. Um, go ahead and skip this episode or fast forward and just come back for November's episode. Ha we'd be happy to have you there. But I really hope that if you feel comfortable listening to this episode, I really hope you do because Lindsay um, is such an amazing person and just to see what God has done in her life is something amazing to witness and to hear about. And so I really hope that you give this a listen and that you're encouraged by her story. And so without further ado, here is my conversation with Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, Heather. Hey. So welcome to Let's Grab Coffee. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been listening over the past couple months, and it's just been really encouraging for me, and I'm so honored that you invited me to come on. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, because this episode, or this podcast, rather, is called Let's Grab Coffee, let's imagine that we are sitting in a coffee shop. If we were, what would you be drinking? Okay, I would probably go super basic and be drinking a white chocolate mocha. Yes, uh, but I have been, <laughs> I have been experimenting with um, more artisanal beverages for lattes. So I uh, have been trying out new uh, techniques. So, okay, so you'd be drinking a white chocolate mocha. I so. Okay, so I used to work at Starbucks for like a month before I got I like... I forgot <laughs> that you did that. <laughs> I did. And so what I used to get, it was in the fall. So I didn't realize how much sugar is in a pumpkin spice latte until oh, I worked gosh. there. Yeah. So I usually get a... I still do get pumpkin spice lattes, but okay, here's a secret. Like when you get a grande, get it with two pumps instead of four because a four... <sighs> Four oh. is like standard with the grande and it just tastes a lot better and it's not as like you don't feel like you just like ate all your like sugar yeah. for the day. <laughs> that is yeah. why I mean I've kind of stopped going to Starbucks a little bit and I'm definitely more of like a social coffee drinker like I don't need a cup of coffee every day when I wake up um, but I do like the fancy drinks and that's kind of like my treat like my cheat cheat treat even though I'm not on a diet so I don't know why I'm cheating <laughs> saying cheating but um, your guilty pleasure <laughs> yes my guilty pleasure yeah that is uh that's my like yeah the one thing that I'll splurge on if I yeah. am like going out with friends or something <laughs> that's cool yeah I I wish I was like that where I was a social coffee drinker 
Um, I'm just going <laughs> to run down what I drink coffee-wise today. So Yes, do it. <laughs> before work, I drink half a cup of coffee, and then I took said cup of coffee, put it in a to-go mug, added more coffee on top of it, drank the whole thing when I got to work, and then my coworker is great, and he has, like, Starbucks coffee, like, that I could put in the Keurig, so I drank that. And then I, and then we went to Starbucks because it was BOGO. Uh, Oh, okay. So, yeah, I have a problem. It was. I usually don't drink that much. Today was kind of crazy, but anyway. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I have a slight caffeine problem. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, Lindsay, please tell us a little bit about who you are. I forgot to kind of mention how, how we met. So I'll go ahead and just let our friends who are listening know kind of our story. So we met in college. I remember the first day I met you. I don't know if you remember this, but... I totally remember it, girl. You tell the story, and I'm going to be like, yes, I remember that. Okay. The day I remember is we had to take this class when we were... You were... I think you were a freshman, and I was like new to Cedarville, but I wasn't like a freshman. And we had to take this class called Packle. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Physical, what is it? Physical activity in the Christian life. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe you remember that acronym. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who can forget, who can forget that crazy class? Oh my gosh. That was when we had to run a mile at the beginning of the class and to time ourselves. And then we had to run a mile at the end of the class to see if we got faster. Yes. And I was just like, what is this? I took PE in high school. I have to do this again. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I remember meeting you, you had to class. do it from the, the, the Christian life. That's why like PE wasn't, you know, it didn't right. have the aspect of Christianity. So <laughs> <laughs> right. And which is like, great. Like, you know, you need to be a steward of your body and like all that. But I was like, did I really just like pay all this tuition for telling that? <laughs> It's fine. Um, so I remember that, but then our friendship kind of developed along the way because I became a theater major and you were a theater major. And then lots of shows and activities and productions later and classes together, we became roommates our last year. So, yes. yeah. So anyway, that's how Lindsay and I are friends. <laughs> uh, so could you tell us a little about who you are, Lindsay, and where you live, yes. what you do, all that fun stuff? Yes. Okay. There's a lot of pressure whenever I get asked this question. (laughs) There's like so many ways to answer this question. But so I, you know, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, went to school in Cedarville. And that's where I met Heather. And pretty much lived there my whole life until I got married. Um, And I got married right after like literally a month after graduating college. So that was like crazy that time of life for me. Then so this was back in 2014. So I moved down to Virginia back in 2014. Um, we actually chose to settle here in Virginia where Tim's family is, just because we're both super close to family. Um, I'm very close to my family. He's very, very close to his. And I felt like that was just one area that, like, because he was as close to his family as I am to mine, I felt like, okay, I'll just be as close to his family as he is. And then we'll just be close to family. <laughs> and so I kind of made yeah. chose to, you know, live close to his family and it's been great. Um, and I do still get to see my family and friends, which is, is nice. Um, just not as often, but yeah, so we, um, settled down where his, where he was from. And then a couple years ago, moved to a new town that's not too far from that called Culpeper, Virginia. <laughs> Culpeper, Virginia. Um, it is a very, very cute town. They, I literally work in their old town area, which is just the historic area. And it is so mm-hmm. cute. It's five minutes from my house. There are really, really cute coffee shops and shopping areas. 
Um, so it's just a really great place to live and I'm enjoying it. And I like that Virginia is the kind of state where you can drive and go see the mountains or you can go to the beach because there's Virginia Beach and it's kind of all in one state. Right. It's been really fun. Um, so yeah. yeah, we settled down in Virginia. Uh, we have been married for five years, which is crazy to say. That's um, we crazy. Don't... Yeah, I know. I like can't believe it. Like, <laughs> um, but we don't have any kids yet. Um definitely are hoping to have kids, um, but we are very focused on our careers right now and also just our marriage because marriage is tough. It's really hard. <laughs> I know, Heather, you know, you're like on cloud nine, living newlywed life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, it's, been, it's been a challenge, <laughs> uh, but it's been good. I'm grateful for the gift of marriage that God has given us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, but we've been focused on, kind of focused on our careers a little bit too, more so than starting a family right now. Um, we, and so he, I actually um, am in the wedding industry, which is very different from what I did in college, what I studied in college, but also similar in a lot of ways. There are a lot of transferable skills. Um, and a lot of people are kind of intrigued when I say like, oh, my background is in theater. Because, um, you know, Heather and I were theater majors at Cedarville. Um, but then when I tell people, oh yeah, well, I did a lot of stage managing and weddings are very much like a production. You have rehearsal for <laughs> it. And there's so much, there's like production meetings, which are in the wedding industry called walkthroughs. So um, there's just yeah. so much that goes into one day, just like theater. And so the, the skills that I kind of um, developed in theater with the design and the like stage managing skills and organization and just general like production and technical skills. I've definitely used a lot in the wedding industry. So I've kind of bounced around in the wedding industry a little bit. I actually started doing cakes. And so I think you mentioned this earlier, but not in this recording about the, how I did your wedding cake. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Sorry. So yes, no, that's perfect because we had a little bit technical technical difficulty, so this is our second go around. But yeah, I forgot to mention that Lindsay made our wedding cake, and I just want to brag on you for a second because, I mean, oh my goodness, like you flew down from Virginia with all your cake and baking supplies, baked <laughs> our cake at your grandparents' house, yes. brought it to our <laughs> venue, which was like two hours or so away. And I just, I can't like. It is still such a oh gift, and like I look God. at those pictures, and I'm like, our cake was <laughs> stunning. So, oh, I'm so so, so glad and happy to do that. And honestly, I feel like it's my goal now. Whenever I find out that someone from our theater department is getting married, I'm like, I'm gonna make their wedding cake. <laughs> like <laughs> well, that is my goal. <laughs> yes, I love that. Well, it was just like so cute because I remember you telling me that like when you started this with your your cake decorating and all of that, you're like, I'm going to make your wedding cake. And then like five years later, I get engaged <laughs> and you text me and be like, Hey, am I still making your wedding cake? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, just so, I'm so glad that you like, you took me up on it because I truly, truly love doing that. And that was kind of something that I learned, you know, I, I got into the industry doing wedding cakes and I really had a lot of fun doing it, but I kind of realized that it, it wasn't ultimately what I wanted to do 
in you know long term but it was really really a fun skill to learn and it actually got me my foot in the door for the wedding industry and so now I have this really fun skill that I can bless my families and my family and friends with because I really really still love doing it for people and it's been such a joy like I made um Rebecca Riley and Kyle Riley's wedding cake too and there are a couple other people on my list that I'm like waiting uh waiting to get engaged or like waiting to ask <laughs> um, if I could do their wedding cake. Cause I just uh, really, really love that I could be a part of the wedding in that way. <laughs> yeah. So you're so sweet. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. what, what's your path like now? So you're in the wedding industry, but what exactly do you do? Can you tell our friends what exactly you do? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So kind of, I was kind of saying like I, I bounced around in the wedding industry a little bit. So I kind of got started doing cakes. That was, um, the bakery that hired us to do, uh, or actually hired me after they did our wedding cake. And then from there, I actually went into the hospitality industry very, very briefly and worked at the Inn at Little Washington, which, um, it is a really like, um, very acclaimed restaurant. It's actually a three Michelin star restaurant here in Virginia. Um, I didn't know about it until I moved here, but I know people who are in like really in the know for restaurants. It is like a, definitely up there on your destination list of restaurants that you want to visit in the world. Um, so I got the experience, like the fine dining experience there. And also because it's not just a uh, restaurant, it's actually an inn. So I got the hospitality of kind of managing the hotel side there a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually really helped me because from there I went to a wedding venue that was a bed and breakfast as well. So it was really cool to kind of combine my wedding in- industry experience with that fine dining experience that I had and hospitality experience that I got. Um, so that's been pretty cool. And then recently I left the wedding venue that I was working at and I got hired by a catering company, which kind of comes full circle because this catering company actually catered me and Tim's wedding. (laughs) So it's all connected. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that to you before. Um, So yeah, I'm doing wedding catering and it's really fun because it's not just at one venue. Um, It's off-premise catering. So we are going all over Northern Virginia and some, some into like into some DC areas too. Uh, And that's been really fun to just kind of every wedding is completely different (laughs) versus just, you know, working at a venue and it's the same venue every time. (laughs) Right. Totally. Well, I kind of want to pivot back to something that you that you mentioned before. So we're talking about weddings, but I kind of want to pivot to what you mentioned about, you know, marriage. And so like for for me, like I have people ask me, like, how's like married life? How's being a wife? And, you know, like I say, it's great. It's wonderful. But like, I don't really feel qualified yet to be like. <laughs> you know, talking about it more. And I know that you're five years ahead. And I know that there are some like, you know, people have been generations ahead of us that know a lot more than both of us combined about marriage. But um, what's something that like, God's kind of been teaching you through marriage lately? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'd say one of the biggest lessons that I learned this year, and I will say that this year, I guess, like, year four into five, like we just celebrated our fifth anniversary in June, but like, I'd say year four was probably one of the hardest years for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really, 
like, I feel like I learned so much in this year and I'm still learning and I'm still working through this. Um, but just the fact that like love is not just a feeling, like a feeling that you have or like an infatuation that you have to this person. Um, it is just so much more than that. It's actually a choice of you like choosing to love that person every day. Um, no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances, you know, it's not based on the feelings that you have. Um, it is based on the conscious choice that no matter what, it's almost like mirroring the covenant that God has with us that like he will love us unconditionally, or he's given us this unconditional grace that we, he will give us that no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is not earned. And so I just feel like that it's taken me a long time um, or it's kind of finally hit me, I guess, for this, this year for that, like, you know, I can't, um, base my, I guess my feelings in how, or I guess my anchor and how I'm feeling in my marriage, but I right. just have to like honor the commitment because I'm choosing Tim and I'm choosing to love him every day, just in the way that God has chosen us and is fighting for us. And is loving us no matter what we do. And that has been like so, um, God has been revealing that to me in a lot of different ways. (laughs) And I feel like it's just been so um, eye-opening for me. Yeah. And I, and I think too, like, I love what you said about like, that is kind of our marriage is a reflection of like God's unconditional love for us as well. Like, and you know, there are times where, you know, we make the wrong choice or, you know, and he still loves us. Um, and I think marriage is such a great picture of that. And I think too, like the way you were talking, what came to my mind was, okay, yeah, love is a choice. Like, so even if I'm not feeling in love with, with God, maybe that day or that second, like I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling all those feelings of like the spirit being within me, like I still choose to, be in the word. I still choose to pray just like we still choose to love, you know, our husbands, even yeah. if we don't, we don't get those butterfly feelings all the time anymore, you Definitely. know? So, so yeah, that's, I yeah. love that you said that. It has a little bit of a, I guess, um, a discipline element to it too. And not, not saying that you're doing it out of like obligation, or, right? but mm-hmm. just, um, diligence, you know, like diligently, it's almost like, okay, it reminds me of this song. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of really great Christian songs again and I know people have like mixed feelings about Christian songs but I feel like um there are some that can be very very encouraging and so there's this one song by Casting Crowns <laughs> yeah um called Praise You in the Storm and I just love going back to that song even though it's like 10 years old or something like it's pretty old um but you know there is a line in that song that says um like no matter like or maybe I'm thinking of a different song but um no matter what happens like it doesn't matter if you are going through the high times or the low times, like you always have to turn back to God. And it's so easy to forget about God when things are good. Um, and when mm-hmm. you don't need to praise him or, it do, you know, it's almost like in being in the world, the culture that we live in, it's almost like we are our own God. Like we have the, ability I guess it's like almost like we are almost like we don't have a need for God because we can make things happen on our own it's almost like we forget that and like we become this 
this idol or make this idol out of it. Um, so it's like, we don't have that need that, you know, third world countries have, um, just again, because of the culture that we live in. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm explaining that very well. No, yeah, that totally um, makes sense. But it's just so easy to not to not rely on God. Um, right. And, and it's really, it needs to be in the good times, in the bad times. No matter what happens, you have to keep turning to God. And I feel like that's where the diligence comes in of just every single day waking up praying, reading, reading his word and like seeking his truth and being fed that bread. Again, even if, even if the days are good, even if things are going really well, it's just that consistency. Um, And so I feel like you got to have that same perspective of marriage too, because the covenant of marriage wasn't there's not really a need for the covenant of marriage during the high times. It's during the low times that you really need that that like comes into play. (laughs) You know, you don't Mm -hmm. think about like leaving when things are good, (laughs) Um, but it's, that's the covenant. That's the low times is what it's made for. Absolutely. And I, you know, even in the, how long have I been married? Like nine months that I've been married. um, (laughs) Like, you're a seasoned you know, pro now. Oh yes. <laughs> um, you know, like the like the spring and the summer are actually like a really challenging um, just time for for me because I had just come out of a job that I I really like was hoping that would be like a career and it ended up not being um, kind of like what I thought it was. And so over the summer I was working part time and, you know, I realized very quickly that like I had put all my worth and identity in like a job title. And so I was just like, Andrew was like the first person to like really like point me back to Christ because I'm the one that like, he's the one that I could be the most open with. And I think that that's, you know, what marriage is for. Like ultimately, Mm. like we are, we are to reflect Jesus and, and, and point each other back to him because ultimately like, and this is something that like Andrew and I talk about a lot. Like we don't want to make each other an idol either. I don't want to put Andrew above my relationship with Mm -hmm. God and like feels the same way. And so our job to make for each other, to make sure that our relationship is right with God. And so Andrew's been like, he's so good at that. He uh, is Mm -hmm. always speaking truth you know, I hope that it always stays that way. Um, but, and I hope that I can be that for him too, but yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, what you said earlier, you said something along the lines of like, I don't want to place my happiness and like how my marriage is going. And yeah. I think that that reminded me too of, you know, we don't also, we also want to put our worth and identity, like how I did with a job title. I don't, mm. we shouldn't be putting our worth identity in our, in our marriage, how it's going, or even like our relationship status. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and I, when you just said like a uh, God using a marriage to, I think you said something about like using marriage to point each other back to Christ. It just makes me think of like as iron sharpens iron, um, and that we are God is like molding us into the person that He becoming, you know, more Christ-like and the person that He's intended us to be. And it definitely takes someone who can be as close to you as your spouse and for you, you know, you for them to kind of help with that process um, because you are so vulnerable with your spouse in a way that you aren't really with anyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, mirroring that 
relationship with God or that God wants us to have. Yeah. I just feel like, it, you know, it's so, so intentional. The, you know, that the, what the idea that God has for marriage for us is just so intentional. <laughs> okay. I have a question that I did not prepare yeah. you for. It, it's okay. If you need to take a second to think. So, so, you know, talk about marriage. Like if you could go back to five years ago before you got married, what would you tell yourself as bride Lindsay from wife Lindsay? Oh gosh. So like I'm engaged and I'm going to be marrying him. Yeah. Like what or... would you like, like, what would you have liked? What advice would you give your wife? <laughs> essentially? That is such a good question. And honestly, I, sometimes I feel like Tim and I got married too young. I was very, very young. I was 22 years old. And so I kind of felt, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of feels this way when they're, they're not sure what to expect in marriage, but they're just like, Oh, what could go wrong? Like, Oh, things will be fine. My hypothetical marriage is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I definitely feel like I would have advised her to take her time and, uh, work on, you know, communication. The importance of communication isn't just in your marriage. It starts like in your relationship with that person. And, um, I felt that, you know, even though Tim and I, like a lot of our communication was primarily through Skype because we were a long distance relationship. Um, I just felt like we could have had like worked on our communication a little bit better, even from the beginning. And so I just felt like taking your time, being more intentional. I also feel like, um, doing devotions together or like going to church together and growing more intentionally spiritually in our faith, um, before marriage would have been really great. Cause I just feel like I, um, am still like, I really, really didn't feel like I had my own personal relationship with God at that time. Mm -hmm. I felt like I'm still, that is still maturing for me. And it's kind of, it, it is a little like, weird to say that because I'm talking to my friend who I went to Cedarville University with and um, you know I've been a Christian my whole life but I just feel like I was kind of leaning on my parents relationship or just like the um, title that I had of being a Christian student at a Christian university instead of actually like doing the I guess the work or like putting in the effort to actually having a relationship with God. So I felt like, um, you know, incorporating that into my relationship with God not, or with uh, Tim, incorporating that into my relationship with Tim would have been huge for us, but also like just for myself as well, just making sure that I, um, you know, was cultivating that relationship with God and felt really, really firm in my faith and my identity and who I was before entering into, uh, like covenant, a lifetime covenant with another person. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think, well, I mean, even in getting married, like later in life, like, I mean, later in life, like I'm like, yeah. old, but like, even getting <laughs> no, married, like, get it right, girl. <laughs> getting married later yeah. in my twenties, I, you know, that time, like I was able to really solidify my relationship with God, like as a single woman, but like, Mm -hmm. that's not to say that you, you can't do that in marriage. And like, obviously like that's, you know, that's something that that's God's story for you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, got married. I, we have a couple friends here that got married when they were like just turned 21 and they're like, you know, Mm -hmm. we kind of like 
grew up together. I didn't really have a lot in a 20s like lifestyle because they got to grow up together. And I think that that's, that's beautiful too. Like every, every mm-hmm. marriage is different, but yeah, absolutely. The spiritual part I think is, is huge. And mm-hmm. I think to going into it with realistic expectations is, is great. Yes. But, oh yeah. Gosh. But it's so hard because you, you get so caught up in, in the wedding and like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's going to be the perfect day. And yeah. Um, so it was really important for Andrew and I to, we went through premarital counseling and all that, but I mean, I still, that's something we still have conversations about and we're still trying to like figure out our routine. Like, do we do Bible studies together? Like, how are we growing together? So that's something mm-hmm. that it's still very much a work in progress, but I totally Yeah. And I feel like it is a lifetime work in progress. Yeah. And I mean, what I really, really struggled with, and I feel like what I've, gotten better with now is um just comparing comparison like comparing myself to other people's journey and it was definitely like a huge struggle with me for me at the time that I got married um but now I, I feel like it's I've definitely gotten a lot it's gotten a lot better for me um but just yeah not comparing yourself to where other people are at in their journeys because you don't know like you can only see what's on the outside and you know on the outside it could look perfect and nothing is perfect you know when you really like everyone knows that (laughs) Um, but you're just not in that relationship so you don't know and so I just feel like uh you know that that's a huge element of it too I want to go back to what you mentioned about about comparison so did you did you kind of and you know is that something that you're still working through like comparing yourself to like other couples or could you kind of tell us a little bit more about that yeah so you know, they say comparison is a thief of joy and you really can't live your journey that God has for you when you're constantly um, comparing yourself to others. And it's it has been hard for me with, you know, comparing myself to Tim's sister who got married shortly after us or just other friends that I know, other married couples in our circle. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I struggle with that too still I mean it's especially I mean I feel like this is kind of cliche nowadays but like but it's true because like looking at social media like you can see somebody's like happy couple picture and the like I mean even though you're you might be happy be like ooh, do they have something that I don't have and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know it becomes really hard or like I I know I struggle with that people posting like oh I got a promotion like that kind of thing it's true it's it's really hard but I mean and, and you know you you mentioned that you know this this fourth year of into marriage going into your fifth year like this has been really hard what encouragement would you give to a man or a woman a husband or a wife that that they're struggling in their marriage what mm, what yeah. encouragement would you give to them well i would say that um it's so important to talk to someone um talk to someone who I don't want to say an expert in on marriage because, you know, none of us are experts. Even people who have been married for 50, 60 years have all struggled through what we're going through, too. But I think it's so important to just talk to someone and get biblical counseling. I think the biblical counseling is so important and not just um, like a secular therapist therapy. Um, but talk to someone. And I'd say the earlier, the better. Like, it's never too early to start talking with start that process because I feel like it's so much better to 
work through these issues now when you still are talking to that person rather than like as they just build and build and build and get bottled up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, we haven't talked in two days or three days or like it has definitely gotten to that point for us. And I never thought that I never thought that that would be something that, you know, you don't you don't think about the worst case scenario. You don't think about for better, for worse. Um, you don't know what that actually looks like until you're like rubber meets the road going through it. And so I just think that that is so helpful. Tim and I have gone to counseling. Um, it hasn't been the conventional route that I would say. We tried going to a biblical counselor who is a, like, he's a Baptist pastor and he's 80 years old and he and his wife um, counsel us together and she sits in the back and takes notes and he just focuses on us which is really really great but his style is very very um, he he has he holds the men to very very high expectations Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's kind of it was a little abrasive for Tim not Abrasive isn't the right word, but Tim didn't feel the most comfortable talking to him and opening up to him. Sure. So he kind of didn't continue going, but I continued to go to that guy. um, And it actually has been really, really helpful for me just personally with my spiritual walk. But Tim and I are actually going to try starting to talk to someone, just another, another spiritual advisor. Um, I just think it's very important that it, the person that you see is in the word and referencing scripture and, um, you know, counseling from a biblical perspective. Absolutely. And I think too, like, I mean, I'm a huge proponent for counseling. I've been like, I'm not afraid to say it. It's, it's made a huge difference. And, and I think too, Andrew and I have a lot of couple friends that are either ahead of us by a couple years. We also have friends that are ahead of us, you know, that are our parents age. And so, I think that's important too, is to have people cheering mm-hmm. you on and root for you. And I think, and you know, if you don't have that kind of community, you can find that in counseling too. I mean, you, just, you have to have a good relationship with your counselor. You know, it's a different yeah, relationship, but true. there's still that relationship there. Yeah, I think that relational aspect aspect is so important. It's a lot like, you know, you, ha- you want to have a good fit and you shouldn't give up because it's not the right fit. Like their personality is, or, you know, the personality is a big part of it too. And so I just think it's important to keep trying. (laughs) I think that's the the end goal of it. And I also think what's really important in addition to talking to a counselor is also just letting, I think, I think it is to an extent letting your family and friends kind of surround you in support and prayer and kind of, let them in a little bit on like, you know, letting, you don't have to go into detail too much, but just letting them know that, Hey, like I'm struggling and not just pretend that everything's okay, Absolutely. <laughs> which is very easy to do. And I am totally at fault for this because, um, my family doesn't really know at all what's going on between me and Tim. And, that's been really hard. And the biggest reason that I haven't let them in on it is because I just wanted to defend him. And like, I knew that if I kind of, I, you know, I never wanted to give them a reason to think poorly of him or think badly of him. And so that was kind of, that's kind of my biggest reason that I have not talked to my family about this, but I feel like I'm kind of missing out on a big support system there by not really opening up to them about it. Thank you for being vulnerable about that. I mean, um, it's it's hard to 
to open up about that, but I could totally see see where you're coming from. But yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy, especially in the church, to kind of, I don't know why this is, because church is literally the reason, like, is that's what church is for. Yes. Family and friends <laughs> are for, is to come and, like, be vulnerable, yeah. like, with, with things that are going on. And, and thank you for sharing, like, in the middle of the struggle, because, you know, it's not always... You know, I think it's encouraging to people to listen to someone who's currently working through this with God instead of being like, oh, this story is wrapped up in a nice bow. Here it yeah. is. Like, oh my gosh, no. It's so raw and real right now. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, you know, you and Tim have been like totally on my heart. And I, and oh. yeah, so I'm just encouraged by your, by your story and just your, your honesty and your vulnerability. So thank you thank so you. much, girl. That thank means you a lot. Thank you I love that you're sharing about like your, your marriage and like everything that's been going on really since college, but I'd love for you to kind of chat a little bit more about how, what was it like? I know for me, I had this dream in college to be, Oh, I'm going to pursue theater and become this stage manager and live in like a little like city or like work at Disney as, like, uh-huh. you know, an entertainment <laughs> manager or, you know, so, like giving that dream to the Lord and kind of letting him reshape it. So I kind of wanted to hear from you, like, did, was that your experience going from pursuing kind of acting and design to the wedding industry? Or what did that kind of look like for you in your story? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like every part of my story has just been like, I haven't, I felt like I haven't had control over any of it. Like, it's all right. just been God leading me. And I never would have thought, like, it's so funny because I came across my like, five-year, one-year, five-year, and 10-year plan from Dr. Merchant's class <laughs> a little while ago. And I was like, well, that didn't happen. Like, yeah, that's right. thrown out the window. That's right. completely thrown out the window. So it's really funny just to even think about, like, in high school, I never really ever thought that I would even go into theater until my sophomore year of high school when I did a play <laughs> and I, like, got bit by the theater bug. And I feel like that was kind of what Um, led me to theater I just like fell in love with theater and just the storytelling element of it and I just became so hungry for wanting to learn more and this was really kind of a like me wanting to pursue theater was not ever really something that I'd ever talked about with my family and my family is very very traditional in the sense of school like my grandfather is an engineer my mom is a nurse Uh, my mom thought you know, even when my mom was choosing her degree, like career path, she was like, oh, there are only really two roles for women. It's, you know, nursing or um, like accounting or something. So, you know, very, very traditional roles. Um, And they also placed high importance on school. And so when I was applying for college, I was originally kind of looking into like a pre-law field, which oh, is, I you know, know completely that. different. Well, okay. I kind of really love the concept of law because I, well, I had it, it's all started ninth grade history with my history teacher. I had a huge crush on him <laughs> and he like made me, <laughs> he like made me love history. And it really, really went beyond that. Like, yeah, he was really cute and nice, but he just was so good at telling the stories of the history stories. And so that's kind of where I first kind of fell in love with just storytelling in general, but it started with history. So like law was going to be my career path. And then I kind of like, kind of considered English. And, and so, you know, my parents and my family were on board and they were supporting me in that. But then when I went to Cedarville, 
and I kind of explored the theater department a little bit. This was on my CU Friday. Um, I realized like, oh, theater is an option and I can major in theater. And so I came home and I told my, my grandfather and my mom that I'm going to be a double major and I'm going to major in English and theater. And they were like, okay, well, as long as you're still majoring in English. (laughs) So it was pretty funny. Um, But then I got into Cedarville. I basically had myself listed as an English major for like one semester. And then that totally dropped. And then I explored, you know, double majoring, not double majoring, but like uh, doing the dual tracks of theater. Right. Um, So, yeah, I really, really like I thought I didn't know what path of theater I was going to choose like during my time at Cedarville, I really, um, I kind of just loved all of it and I would be interested in doing all of it at the time. And so in my like one year, five year, 10 year plan, like I kind of mentioned a few different options, but I really, really thought I was going to explore theater. And like, there were just so many avenues to go. And, uh, when I was a junior in college, I actually also took a psychology class and I realized like, wow, I really love psychology too. And so I was introduced to drama therapy, which is kind of like similar to art therapy or music therapy, except it's for theater. And it's kind of where you work with people who are struggling with mental illnesses usually um, to kind of help them work through it. And that was something that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is, (laughs) this is my path. (laughs) I thought that that was what was going to happen. And then I realized like, oh, there are only five schools in the country where you can get a certification in drama therapy and I'm not near any of them. And I was also, um, things were getting really pretty serious between me and Tim. And I just realized, okay, like maybe I'll just get married and be a wife and I'll just like figure it out as I go. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of always had this like, this thought of, going to grad school on the horizon and still kind of pursuing that drama therapy. Um, And to me, that was kind of like a personal thing because I've, um, well, one of the reasons that drama therapy was just so, um, I guess like uh, appealing to me or I just really loved the idea of walking with someone through their struggles because I struggled pretty severely in college with an eating disorder and it was really, really bad. And Heather like was my roommate. So she was right there with me. It's pretty hard to, um, you know, miss the signs of an eating disorder when you live with someone. So, um, so that was kind of my dream, I guess, after I kind of, and I'd say like during college was kind of the lowest point that I'd ever been. Um, and so I just felt like, and even as I was going through this, even as I was still struggling with my eating disorders, I had this idea in mind that like, I'm going to recover and I'm going to move past this and I'm going to help other people. And like, I still want to do that, but I'm, you know, I'm not headed that direction anymore, but it's still something that I've continued to think about. I still feel like it, you know, this, this kind of fell into my 10 year plan when it came to Dr. Merchant's class. So, you know, I'm not completely off track. It's only been five years. <laughs> um, but that is something that I've always still continued to think about is going back and um, exploring that aspect and yeah. uh, being able to just help people in that way, because I knew how complete 
complete despair being in that situation was and like being at that point in my life. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can absolutely see you doing that, but I, and, and I think too, like, you know, I think that that, that career path is so, would be so fulfilling and like, but you know, even like where you're at right now, just sharing your story. Um, I feel like that is freeing to a lot of people, you know, because it's, I feel like it's still something we don't necessarily talk about. People don't feel like they can freely express to people like, Hey, I have an eating disorder. Um, you know, and I, and I, and I really appreciate you being vulnerable with that because I mean, I remember being with you in that. And like, when you shared with me, I felt one, I felt really honored that you shared your story with me. And two, I really think that when we are vulnerable with our stories and there's a book that I was reading by Jamie Ivey, who's like one of my favorite podcasters. She always says that when you're vulnerable, that gives other people a chance to be vulnerable and say, like, hey, me too. Yes. Or like, hey, this is kind of what what I'm struggling with. And I think it, even in your current role where, you know, maybe ne- that's not necessarily where you thought you'd be, even just in your personal life and even just like being on this podcast, just kind of sharing you know, your struggles, I think that other people might feel encouraged yeah. and say, hey, I'm not the only one. So no, I love oh that you gosh. shared that. Oh, I'm so glad. I was actually like wanting to, like, I was hoping that we, that I could because it's so crazy to like see where I am now and then look back at the days that I was just a shell of a girl, yes. like who I used to be yep. and just think like, wow, like, I mean, and I have no one to contribute or to attribute that to, but God. And it's pretty crazy because I, you know, how he works and how he's changed me and it has taken this long, but also I just look back and I just thought that I would never be able to overcome that. Like, I just thought this is my mentality. This is a lifelong mentality that I'm always going to have. I kind of like was already setting myself up for that. And then Mm -hmm thinking where I am now. And I'm like, I, it's just so insane to think that like what occupied my mind every single minute of every single day. And like the fact that now it's like an afterthought for me, it's like, Oh yeah, I used to deal with this, but you know, now things are completely different, (laughs) but I can still relate to somebody who is going through that and I can still be there to listen. And so I'm, even though that was probably I wouldn't say the hardest point of my life, but <laughs> one of the one of the toughest times of my life. Um, you know, I can still look back on that and just think like I'm so grateful that I went through that time and went through that struggle. And I feel like it also, you know, it made us closer too. <laughs> like we were yeah. able to share that bond. And um, you really do feel like it's such an isolating thing when you're going through it. And I know there are other struggles too, besides just the eating disorder. There's a lot of like, you know, other things that are tied in with it, like the depression and anxiety, like those are a lot of times branches of those. So I feel like I've even been able to relate and talk with people who are struggling with that side of it too, rather than just the actual food part. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. When did you start to see hope in that situation? when did, were your thoughts, when did they change from this is something I'm going to struggle with the rest of my life to this is something that with God I can overcome kind of led you there? Oh my gosh, that's, that's such a good question. I don't really even know if I can say that it was just one, you know, one point that stands out. I think it was just God continually like chipping away at me. And I mean, I think that 
even though there are so many underlying issues with an eating disorder, I think at, at the root of it, it's, it's always like pride and selfishness and vanity and like insecurity and just all the things that, um, are not of God (laughs) at all. And so I just feel like, um, God just like revealing himself over and over again in just I would say not in like big flashy ways, but just over time, like consistently and steadily and just showing me that like, I am a, his daughter. Um, I am his bride and he made no mistakes when he made me and just showing me over, like revealing to me over time. And as I'm building my relationship with him, that I am valued and you know, I'm a child of the king. <laughs> I don't really know if that's like. I'm crying. It's fine. Answer. You're what? I'm crying. It's fine. Oh, that was beautiful. You are so sweet. Well, I honestly, no. I, I hate to say it, but like, I don't really feel like I had this structured process for healing. I just felt like it. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a 12 step program. Like, right. It wasn't like right. a. I think it was also just learning how to be vulnerable in my friend, in my um, relationships too. I feel like that has a big part of it because when you're going through something like that, it's so shameful that you don't want to tell anyone about it. And that's why I kept it such a big secret for the longest time until again, you're like, it's hard to miss when you're living with someone who's dealing with it. Um, and so, yeah, just uh, being able to, slowly open up more about it too was also God's way of bringing people into my life that could talk with me and like just be there to walk alongside me as I'm going through it absolutely and yeah I love that because and I think what I kind of got from your story I mean of course like anybody who might be struggling with this everyone's healing is is different and that might require some more professional help but yeah but I think what's more what I love about your story is there's nothing that Jesus's blood doesn't cover, you know, yeah. like there's nothing that there's no mental illness. There's no, there's no eating disorder. There's, there's nothing, there's no sin that, that his blood doesn't cover. So I, I just, I feel encouraged by that. Yeah, so thank I'm you so, so much for sharing. I love of that. Course, of course. I'm glad I could. I was hoping that in some way I was able to like work it in there because it really is an amazing, like, transformation that I can't even believe (laughs) I know I know I mean even just I mean even over these last few years just remembering the person that I mean you're still very much Lindsay but just kind of what you were going through during that time and seeing you now yeah I mean I just I I I hope that your courage I see and I know that other people see around you that they see the Lord so yeah I'm so encouraged well Lindsay I um am just really happy that we got to talk and I kind of wanted to ask you some fun questions. So a question that I always ask is, are you currently like watching anything fun on Netflix or a good movie or TV? Are you loving anything like that right now? Oh my gosh. Well, I... I, another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is like my Dave Ramsey journey because yes, I actually okay. talk to me about that, please. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I actually, so I'm so glad you brought this question up, but I 
canceled my Netflix subscription (laughs) because I am doing the Dave Ramsey baby steps plan. I don't know if you're familiar with him at all or if you've gone through it. I listen to Dave Ramsey almost every day. Oh my gosh, that is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Like he is just really, really has changed, you know, he's changing my family tree right now. I guess I'll say it that way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, and if you're not if those of you who are listening are not familiar with the Dave Ramsey baby steps plan, you definitely need to check him out. He has helped millions of people get out of debt and the stuff that he teaches is all biblically based. Um, but it's also, he's not in your face about, um, God and the Bible. So it is, you know, um, people who aren't Christians are receptive to it, but he's still kind of like, I love that. He's still kind of like, interjects that a little bit into it so that you know those people would wonder about it like he always ends his podcast by saying like so he teaches financial peace but the one true way to financial peace there's only one true way to financial peace and that's by walking with the prince of peace daily uh which i just love that he just all points it back to god um, but the stuff he teaches really works it's common sense stuff it's stuff that he always says um, that his, that your grandmother would teach you like saving for a rainy day. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend checking him out. Uh, he has a podcast called Dave Ramsey show. He also has several best-selling books. Um, there's the financial yep. piece and then there's also the total money makeover. I have both of those books and I have just gotten so much out of them. Um, so yeah, I, I currently canceled my Netflix subscription. I'm but... so proud of you. <laughs> Well, um, I do want to say that I was binge watching The Good Place <laughs> uh, before I stopped. <laughs> I, well, one, I love Dave Ramsey. I want to go back to that. Okay. Two, I love, Andrew and I love The Good Place. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think so some much. of our Christian, <laughs> some of our, like, I feel like maybe some people are kind of like, oh, is it like sacrilegious? Like, no. I don't think it is at all because it's all about like funny. Like if you take away, obviously the theology is wrong, but it's just like, it's just this funny show and like, oh my gosh, we laugh so hard. I really think that it's not to be taken seriously. It's kind of, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a satire, but like fun, good wholesome fun for the family. It's not wholesome fun. I love Janet. She's my favorite. Oh my gosh. I love Janet too. And I also, I just, I'm a big fan of Kristen Bell. Like yes. she's just funny. I love strong women in comedy. I think that she is, she just, you know, is great. <laughs> yes, she is. She's hilarious. Uh, but I want to go back to Dave Ramsey. So what baby step are you on? Are you on baby step one or two or three? Yeah. So I am currently on baby step two. And so uh, to go back into kind of the marriage thing a little bit or kind of connect it. Um, Tim and I have currently separated our finances. Um, he doesn't really, he hasn't ever been a big fan of Dave Ramsey. You know, when Dave Ramsey talks about his name being a cuss word in some houses, that is our house. (laughs) We are kind of going out this and it's not, it's not the way that I would recommend it. My goal is to, I mean, I don't obviously want to like force him to do it, but one day I want us to be on the same page with our finances. But right now I feel like I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a witness to him in that way. And to just, because there's, I guess there's a little bit more that I didn't really say about me and Tim, like Tim has, um, 
not, he has renounced his faith. So he's not um, claiming to be a Christian. So that's why when I say I want to be a witness to him, I'm trying not just in money, but just in as many ways as I can. (laughs) So you said that you, you're into Dave Ramsey. Like what kind of started that for you? Started Dave Ramsey? Um, yeah. Getting into Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Well, my aunt and uncle had, well, I've, I've kind of always been aware of Dave Ramsey just because our church um, did like offered the financial peace program, like when I was growing up, my home church. Mm-hmm. And so my aunt and uncle did it and they had really, really great success with that. They paid off like $70,000 worth of debt. It was pretty incredible. And like they could change, definitely changed their family tree. Um, and so I've kind of always known about it. I actually never officially did the program until this summer. And I did it with some really great friends of mine. Uh, it was really great to have that community. Um, Tim, again, was not really interested in the program, but I definitely feel like I'm working on him slowly. Um, we, you know, having separated our finances has actually helped us uh, or helped me kind of get the financial grounding that I know that we're going to need in the future. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, he's kind of not really super into it right now, but I feel like I'm definitely working on setting us up so that when we um, do work through the, the marriage issues that we're working through um, and we do kind of get on the same page about money, we're going to be in a really, really good spot. So, um, and primarily all the debt that we have is kind of from me. It's from my student loans and Um, I also had a car payment. It wasn't actually a car loan. It was just borrowed money from my, um, my mom and my grandfather who helped me, uh, get a car. So I actually paid that off recently. And so, yeah, I've been like chipping away at my student loan debt. I actually, I just have about, uh, a little under $4,000 left of debt when I started with about, well, I started with about 15,000. So I know it's not like a ton of debt. Um, but it's, I've definitely been <laughs> yeah. chipping away at it. And I right. think the, the biggest thing, like for the longest time, I was holding on to this like chunk of savings because I was just scared. I was like afraid mm. that um, like I needed to have that savings. Like, um, and I, I really, it, it, I was not trusting God. I would say that like, I was not trusting that God was going to take care of me no matter what. And I was like afraid to just throw that money at savings. You know, Dave Ramsey teaches, uh, everything like while you're on baby step two, you have to throw everything at your debt, except for a thousand dollar emergency fund. And so I was just holding on to this big chunk of savings that I was scared. Um, you know, this, this was kind of like what I was going to have in case anything happened. Uh, but then I finally kind of prayed about it and finally took that chunk of money and threw it at my savings. And that is kind of what got the ball rolling in my, uh, on my Dave Ramsey plan. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> so great. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of, of his, my brother and sister law got out of debt. Like we recently got out of debt. Um, just following kind of his thing. So yeah. So we're on, what is it? We're baby step like three where you're like, you're building up your Yay! emergency fund and then that's also awesome. saving up for a house. So that's kind of where, where oh, we're at. So, so good, it's exciting. So yeah, I'm very, yeah, I'm a big, I like him a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of him. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I, I like um I should be like working for him or something. I, know. Like, I should be making a commission off, <laughs> off of yeah. converting people to yes. uh, you know being Dave Ramsey fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what he teaches about building wealth is just 
crazy to, to see the charts that he has where, you know, if you start, you have to have time on your side when you start investing because of the set, the eighth wonder of the world, which Chris Hogan says is compound interest. Yeah. So you want to have that, which I think is just so funny. It's like compound interest is just, you know, building, it's like you make interest off of the interest and then off of the interest. And then over time, it just builds and builds and builds and builds yes. until you just have this massive amount, you're building this massive amount of wealth. And what I really just love about Dave Ramsey's message is that he's not just building all this wealth to, um, you know, be rich. <laughs> like that's not the right. purpose of it. He really teaches that like you have to, you have to take care of yourself, but, um, like in order to take care of other people and to bless other people, you're not going to be able to bless other people when you're trying to keep food on your own table or when you're right. trying to like keep your lights on. So it's kind of like taking the focus off of yourself, um, like getting to the point where like you're come, you know, you've got your need, needs taken care of your um, children have their needs taken care of. And then you can just be outrageously generous, um, with the yeah. abundance that God has blessed you with. And I mean, it really is, he says it's not his own doing it's, you know, it all comes from the Lord. The Lord is what has blessed us with, with this and with this system. And I just love his mindset and his philosophy on that. It's just being outrageously generous with the abundance that God has given you. Definitely. That's kind of been on my heart. Like this isn't my money that I'm earning. This is yes. God's money. And I, and so I think that that, you know, just to be a yeah. good steward of, of the resources that. Definitely. That are given, and like so. just the mindset that like we are managers of God's money that he has blessed us with. Right. And it's not ours. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Well, Lindsay, I loved talking to you today. I just, again, I just really thank you for your vulnerability and just your spirit and just the truth that you shared with us today. And I'm, I know I'm encouraged and I hope others are encouraged as well. I know they will be. So, um, <laughs> thank you again for coming thank on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. It was really, really good talking to you. Oh, guys, I loved that conversation and I hope you were encouraged by it. I know I was. I think what encouraged me the most about Lindsay is how she is in the middle of, of some hard things, but yet she wasn't afraid to share her story and she is actually really brave and wanting to come on this podcast and even share what she's going through now. And so... I was encouraged by that because we don't have to have everything figured out to go to God and to go to our community. I think that there's such a a temptation in a way to make it look like we have it all together when we're all just messy and we all we all need grace and so um, an encouragement from those around us. So can't wait to see you in November. I'm really excited about our upcoming guests and please go ahead and subscribe and rate and review the podcast. That just helps our friends uh, who don't know the podcast find the podcast. So thanks guys. I'll see you real soon.